You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good to be together. Uh, We are continuing our series together as one today. And uh, it's awesome to be with you all. My family, uh, we're kind of in the middle, taking a break from our vacation. We're on a vacation last second half of last week, first half of this week. But uh, we wanted to be able to be here with all of you for the stream today. And uh, we were camping with the family the last uh, several days. Uh, We kind of had a sampler platter of uh, campsites. So we were at uh, Angeles National uh, Forest the first night, and then we were in uh, Lake Arrowhead the second night, and then we were in uh, Big Bear uh, the last night. So I don't know why we did that, uh, packing up uh, three days in a row and tearing down and uh, setting up. And But it was good. It was good uh, practice for all of us, finding our roles and, and making it all happen. And uh, we, we figured that way, if any one site was kind of lame, at least we had two others. So And they all worked out pretty well. It was a lot of fun. But uh, let's say a word of prayer, and then we will uh, get into uh, Philippians 2. Uh, so bow with me. Let's pray before we open the word. God, thank you to be able to uh, look into your scriptures right now. I really pray for your Holy Spirit to uh, speak to all of us from, from your word and through your word, through me, through my voice. God, I know that the Holy Spirit gives us gifts, and uh, those gifts are to be able to share with others, Father. And I really want um, to be a vessel for you, God. I don't want it to be me speaking, but rather you speaking uh, through the text, uh, through Paul and his letter, uh, even using Paul as a vessel uh, for what your Holy Spirit wants to convey to each one of us today. Help us to empty our minds of other things and just think about you and who you are and who you desire for us to be and where your word calls us, uh, how your word calls us higher. Uh, thank you for the songs already, just settling our souls, uh, God, remembering who you are and that we are fully known and loved by you, uh, that you see all of us and still you love us. Uh, thank you for providing Jesus for us. I want to pray for those who are are hurting among us, God. I I pray uh, for Kim Hammond. I know her father uh, just passed away this week, and I really pray you'd be with her and strengthen her and be with her family. pray for Dino Thurber as his mother just passed away as well, and uh, just that you'd strengthen him and uh, help him to uh, be comforted. Um, I pray for Mia Steberg and her battle against cancer. I pray for total victory uh, for her and the Steberg family. I pray for Mark's father who is ill, and um, just that he'd be able to have a full recovery. Uh, For Lori Anderson, that she'd be able to recover from uh, her injuries, and uh, just pray for anybody else that's sick among us or hurting, uh, that you would uh, be with us and comfort us and guide us, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So a quick announcement, quick shout out uh, for special missions. Uh, We are at 100% of our goal as the South Bay Church, uh, supporting, uh, yes, supporting uh, churches in the Middle East, Mexico, Central America, and Nordic countries. So uh, if you're a guest today or visiting with us, our church is part of a family of churches around the world. And those of us in some of the first world countries support churches that are outside of of the U.S. uh, with our financial contributions. So I just want to commend you guys. It's pretty amazing that even during the midst of an economic uh, downturn and all that we're going through that that all of you guys gave sacrificially and were able to uh, to support them 100% of, of what we promised of our goal is really, really amazing. So, wow, awesome job. I really, really want to commend you. I, I'm blown away by your hearts to give. And it just shows uh, 
the, the desire you have to build God's church around the world. So really, really encouraged by that. So just a review from last week. Uh, we talked about three kind of concepts in this study of Philippians. Uh, the, the idea of discipleship, or a re- recalling to discipleship, of following Christ, our unity as we all follow Christ at pulls us together, and then our identity is really found in Christ, not in all these other markers, these other things we can look to. So we talked about having a a DUI from the book of Philippians, uh, discipleship, unity, and identity. Uh, And we're going to be digging more into chapter 2 today. I kind of introduced this uh, chiastic structure that I see in Philippians 1 and 2. Just a reminder of what that means is Paul goes through uh, his own struggle and then his relationship with the Philippians and then their relationship with each other. Then he talks about Jesus. Then he goes back to their relationship with each other, then his relationship with the Philippians, and then back to his struggle. So this is... uh, a, a literary device that's used very, very commonly in ancient language or ancient writing. It helps you to remember something, uh, this kind of form, this chiastic structure or a chiasm. And the point of it is what's at the center. And what's at the center is the example of Jesus. And so we have one thought we're going to talk about today, and that is to align your mindset with Jesus. Align your mindset. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this interesting Greek word that Paul uses. Uh, so let's, let's pick it up in chapter 2. It says in verse 1, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. So Paul keeps using this. He rep- repetition of the same the same mind, the same love, one mind, full accord. He's trying to remind us of what we have in common in Christ. And, uh, and, th- and then he, because the goal is not just that we are all um, kind of in the same organization. It's not that we're all meeting on the same YouTube channel today, or hopefully soon uh, we're back to meeting in the same place physically. The, the point is that we uh, come to a common mindset that we think about things the same way, that we have the same heart, that we're in the battle together, as we talked about last week. Because we can really process things so differently. We can view things through completely different sets of lenses, completely different mindsets or different eyes. You guys remember uh, this picture from a few years ago? Um, when I look at that picture, I just see gold and white. That is all I see. And yet I hear there's people that see black and blue. And I'm, I, I try to see it, but I can't see it. Those of you who are here, how many see white and gold? You see black and blue? Black, black and blue? So, yeah, I mean, if I squint my eyes really hard, I can c- kind of see where maybe I could imagine it being black and blue. I don't know. But you guys remember this. And there was battles in the office, I remember, about this. <laughs> Uh, is it is it a gold and white dress or is it a black and blue dress? Uh, but we can be that way about much more important matters where you're looking at the same thing, but you're seeing it completely different. And so Paul uses this word. It's an interesting word. It's phroneo. Phroneo. Say that with me. Phroneo. That's a Greek word. And that's the word that we see here where he talks about being of one spirit and one mind, as you see in verse 2. And this word is used... 26 times in the New Testament, in a lot of Paul's writing, but he uses it six times in this letter. Six times in Philippians he uses this word, phroneo, 
And I think it's because he had, he, he had something he was trying to get them to do, and that was to get on the same page. And, and as you see, when you get to chapter 4, there's two particular sisters, Yudia and Syntyche, that were, must have been not getting along because he says, Yudia and Syntyche, I want you to have the same mind, the phroneo, same mindset. Uh, so maybe all the letter was just for them, but my guess is he thought, okay, those two sisters aren't getting along, so there's probably more in the church that are having issues. But it, it's, um, I, I, I share with you the Greek word because it's more than just think. It says the word think. But if you do a word study, and, and I, I did some research on this and looked at all the times it's used and kind of the context, it's more than just how you think. It's kind of your whole um, set of lenses, your whole uh, mindset. That's the best word I can come up with is mindset. It's an in, and it's an intentional mindset. Just to give you a couple examples of, of where... Uh, it's used. It's like when Jesus rebukes Peter in Matthew 16 because he has a mindset of the world instead of a, a godly kingdom mindset. Remember when, when uh, Peter rebukes Jesus because Jesus says he's going to go to the cross and he says, uh, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. That's the word for neo. It's used in Colossians for a mindset uh, of focusing on heavenly things rather than on earthly things. This word is used in Romans 8 when Paul is describing a spiritual mindset rather than one that is of the sinful nature. Uh, or another example in Romans 12, he says, you think of yourself with sober judgment. Uh, he's talking about this mindset. Have a mindset of, okay, I'm part of one body, he says in Romans 12. So the idea is that we align our mindsets to be like Christ and then we all end up thinking the same. It's not just that, that, you, uh, that, that, that you're... Uh, viewpoint doesn't matter, your history doesn't matter, but you bring all of that to Christ, and, and as we are disciples of Jesus, we begin to think more and more and more like Christ. Because when, when, you, when you are focused on self, we can end up kind of in these camps, or we can end up missing each other, because you're sort of camped out in your own mindset, your own selfish mindset. Um, uh, I have a story about that, and, and, and this is a a story from a long time ago. It's uh, is with me and my best friend Marshall Mead, um, and this is probably 20 years ago. So it's funny when you remember back stories. Um, I can't remember. There was one of us that was in one role and another that was in another role, and I can't remember which is which. I have it one way in my mind, but it easily could have been the reverse of of who was doing what. So that just tells you we were neither one of us was at fault. It's just a thing of where we were missing each other. So what happened is this is how I remember it. He might tell you differently, but the way I remember it is uh I was picking him up from the airport at LAX. This is when we're both in college, like twenty five years ago or something. And um uh in those days, this is before nine eleven and they, they wouldn't they you know they would let you stay there and wait for someone if you guys are Old enough to remember that. This is also before cell phones uh, for you young folks. And uh, so I went to pick him up. I was at the right place. I was at the right time. And I found a spot on the side. And, and at LAX, if, you're, if you were picking someone up in those days and you found a spot, it's like you grabbed that spot. So I pulled in and I had a spot on the curb. I'm waiting for him. Now he, he arrives. He comes out. He has a lot of stuff. He has more stuff. It's difficult for him to carry. So he gets... he gets himself out to the curb and he just waits there on the curb so i'm waiting like over here uh in my spot on the curb and he's waiting like over here on the curb with his stuff and you know waiting 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 again there's no cell phone so we can't call each other so it you know time is going by and i'm like where is he and what's he thinking 
where is Brian, you know? And we're both getting more and more frustrated with the other person. Finally, it, 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 so much time goes by that, it, you know, the area clears, and I can see he's down there, and he can see I'm up there. We've completely missed each other. And so then I pull up, and uh, he was mad, and I was mad all the way home. We hardly said a word to each other. Um, because, you know, we're both sort of in our own way of thinking, or this, I did the right thing. I am waiting. You need to come over to me. And he's thinking, I'm waiting. You need to come over to me. And again, it might have been me that had my luggage. I can't remember, so don't judge either one of us. I'm just saying, my point is, we were missing each other. And that can happen in the church sometimes where you just have this own sort of selfish mindset or your own way of viewing things, and then we end up missing each other. Uh, th- this can happen, you know, we've been having a lot of, there's a lot of conversations in our, our country about racism and, and systemic racism and white privilege and, and, and these different things. And, and we can end up missing each other because we have different definitions for things. Uh, you know, f- for example, uh, I'm a white person. So as a white person, that, that, that term white privilege, you know, the first time I heard that, it, it feels offensive. It feels like you're saying, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, that, that, uh, that I was just handed life on a platter. But that's not, I, I'm coming to understand it doesn't just mean that, it's the privilege of not having to think about my skin color in my life. I don't, I don't think about my skin color hardly at all unless I'm in some situation where I'm a real minority. And that happens once in a while if I travel out of the country or uh, I go to a certain part, a neighborhood, you know, for a wedding or a funeral and I'm the only white guy there. And I might think, okay, I'm, I might think about my skin color, but I don't think about it all the time. And yet, you know, through conversations with people of color, I'm, I'm realizing well, they're, they're, some people have to think about their skin color or they, they're in a system where they have to think about it all the time. And, and so privilege is not having to think about uh, the color of my skin. Or, uh, or the, the idea of even racism, you know, that, that term is a very heavy term. And uh, through a lot of conversations, I'm not generalizing everybody, but... Uh, a lot of people who I've talked to who have experienced uh, some kind of racism or sp- systemic racism, it's, they view it as a system. Like I remember a conversation with Calvin Johnson years ago where just talking about this, and he said, I, I wrote it down because uh, I wanted to remember it. He said, it's a system of judgment from which there is no escaping. And you know Calvin, he is, uh, he's the very, very, t- he's like the most, sex- I told him, you're the most successful person I know. You know, he's the very top uh, notch athlete, the very top-notch academic student, the very top of his career. Um, you can't get any higher uh, on the career chain than he is, but, but, but he has this feeling sometimes of, but, and he shared with me, I, but I, even with all that, I still have the skin color. And uh, I appreciate his vulnerability sharing that with me. It, it, it's, it's this, and it helped me to understand, okay, it's the system he feels like he can't escape from. Uh, when white people think about racism or they think about that term, a lot of times we think about uh, individual actions, uh, the, the actions of a racist person. And so our response might be defensive, like, well, I'm not racist. I, I, don't, I haven't uh, passed somebody up for a job or I haven't discriminated against someone. And so, so we can have a defensive posture. But what can happen is, like, if someone is, let's say someone has experienced racism and they're feeling that, our response can be, well, I didn't do it. You know, I didn't do it to you. And yet, if you think about, um, like, if I'm talking to my wife and she says, you know, I had this experience. It was challenging. It was hurtful. It was hard. What if my answer was, well, I didn't do it to you. You know, uh, <laughs> that wouldn't be very helpful. Instead, my 
my response should be, well, tell me more. Help me understand. I'm sorry that happened to you. That must have been frustrating. And so those are the kinds of conversations that we have to have. And so that's why he says, if you look here at the next verse, he says, look not only to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Not looking to your own interests, but the interests of others. Again, we're trying to get our focus off of ourselves and onto others. Because a lot of us have this... uh, we're in selfie mode all the time. You know, if you open your phone, there's a, uh, there's a little button that you can push. So I'm looking at myself right now. But if I push this little button, now I can't even hardly see myself. And that's the goal, is that we get our focus off of ourself and have the mindset of Christ. Think like Christ. So that's why Paul says in verse 5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset for Oneo, align your mind with Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, what was his intentional mindset? How did he operate? It says in verse 6, he was in very nature God, yet did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is super challenging to look at Jesus and his mindset. He says, and Paul says, this is how we need to be in our relationships, is we look to others' interests and we empty ourselves. That is easy to say, but so hard to do. Um, this is one of those verses I, I know, I've known for a long time, but when you're in the midst of it, where you're like, okay, now is the time I need to empty myself. It is really, really hard. You know, especially if you're feeling misunderstood or you're feeling not listened to or you're, you're, you're focused on your own needs. It is so hard to empty yourself. But this, this idea of emptying yourself, and uh, it's another Greek word, kineo, and it means it's the idea of being made nothing. Like it's of high value and it becomes valueless. And uh, so it's kind of like if I had a, a bottle of wine, this is like a $7 bottle of wine, but imagine it's... Uh, you know, $150 bottle of wine or something. Instead of year 2008, 2018, it's something else. I don't know what expensive wine is like. But if you just take something of high value and you, and you empty it out, this is what kineu means. It's to, to empty yourself. This is what Jesus did. He made himself nothing until it was all gone. It sounded a little too much like I was going to the bathroom, so I had to stop doing that. <laughs> it's like I don't like that sound. But this is what Jesus did. He made himself nothing. He he took the very nature of a servant or a slave it says. He he became humble even to death on a cross. And uh that word for death on a, or that idea of death on a cross uh to our ears we hear that all the time. Jesus died on a cross. It doesn't mean that much to us. But to uh it's hard for westernized uh, readers to grasp. That's why when Paul says, even death on a cross, it's like, no way. Because death on a cross was the worst way someone could die, and it was designed for public humiliation. Crucifixion was called the, the slave's death, so it was, it was only for the, the, the lowly people. Uh, half of the Roman Empire were slaves, and a Roman citizen was not allowed to be crucified. And, and, and it was the, the nature of idea was, was uh, let me just read something. It says, it was heinously cruel, designed not to damage vital organs, leading to a long 
and protracted, miserable death. Beyond physical suffering, crucifixion was designed to be a public spectacle for purposes of an intimidation, a warning notice to all who would dare defy the power of the Roman state, a horrible deterrent to future criminals. The executed were subject to savage ridicule by passers-by as crosses were lifted up in well-traveled locations or crossroads to assure public shaming. So that's what Jesus did. He was willing to go even to that death for you and for me, to be hung on a cross uh, for all to see. And yet, what, what does Paul say in verse 9? Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Christ Jesus is Lord, the glory of God the Father. So Paul, you know, it's, it's hard to, again, as Western mindset to kind of grasp what he's doing. He's saying Paul went all, uh, Jesus went all the way down to the, the lowliest position on earth, uh, the worst possible death, and so through that he was raised to the absolute highest position. The way up is to go down. And we see that in our relationships with one another. We see that in a relationship with God. When we humble ourselves is where we find fulfillment. Jesus says, if you give away your life, you will find it. If you deny yourself and carry your cross, God will, will fill you up. The more that we give ourselves away, the more that we're filled up by Christ. And yet the more we try to clasp on to our own selfish uh, ideas, or, or, or the more we're after ourselves, the more we can't find it. We can't get filled up. We can't get enough, right? The way to be, uh, to be really filled up and, and have life to the full is to follow in the way of Christ, to have the mindset that Jesus had. Jesus is Lord. And where he says in verse 11, every tongue, every knee will bow, everyone will acknowledge Jesus Christ is Lord. That's another thing that's hard for us to grasp is how subversive that is. The idea Jesus is Lord. The title Lord, uh, Kyrios is the Greek word, uh, was a title that, uh, this was a, a confession of uh, the, the Romans to, that Caesar is Lord. So, so when you uh, became a Roman citizen or when you were captured by the Romans, you had to confess Caesar as Lord and renounce your political affiliations, renounce your, uh, uh, you know, your, your nationality. Now Caesar is Lord. Now I'm a part of the Roman Empire. The Christianity turned that on its head. It was very subversive, saying, no, Caesar's not Lord. Jesus is Lord. And so it's almost like saying, Caesar is not. Jesus is truly Lord. And, and that's important as well for us uh, as we're trying to align our mindsets with Christ and with each other, is that we swear off allegiance to any other political mindset or, or movement of men or, or any thinking of men, and it's kingdom thinking that we put first. Like, Jesus is Lord. He is our King. Our first allegiance is to Him, and uh, that's, that is what binds us together. Uh, a teacher who's done a lot of great teaching on this, the idea of, of kingdom-first mindset, is Michael Burns. And uh, he has a book um, that we're going to go through in our small groups uh, for our Bible talks called A Crown That Will Last. And this is great because it's really just digging into the scriptures of how to align our mindsets uh, with Jesus. Um, and uh, him being Lord is key. Um, so the way this will work is uh, that we're going to buy these books for our, our leaders, and then they'll take you through those, uh, those Bible talks. Uh, encourage everybody that would like you to buy the book. Uh, Steve was able to secure 30% off from IPI, and we'll send out a link to that book. Um, but it's, it's a false dichotomy that the church 
needs to only be about serving souls or only be about you know social justice. You know, and Michael Burns in his teaching br- brings us. To, there's a third way, and that's the kingdom way. The kingdom way is through being like Jesus and bringing Jesus to the lost. Um, that is the, the the way that we need to do. And, and wh- imagine what that looks like. Imagine if each one of us is aligning ourselves with Christ. Imagine if each one of us is pouring out ourselves like Jesus did and emptying ourselves and living for God and living for others. If we each get our focus on God like Jesus had, imagine if each one of us is doing that, what that will look like in our church. And I want to challenge you, have you had that mindset during this time? This COVID time is a challenging time and all that we're going through as a country. It's easy for us, it's easy for me to kind of view everything in terms of of self. How is this affecting me? How is... uh, this situation affecting me. How do I feel about this? How do I feel about that? And that's really our culture. It's like uh, Yelp review for this restaurant. And, and, you know, I watched this film. Did, did I like it? Was that four stars or one star? Was that a thumbs up or thumbs down on that YouTube video? You know, we're just, we're kind of rate everything and it's all, how does it relate to me? And yet a Christ-like mindset is going, uh, I've been gifted by God. How can I give that to others? How is, how is so-and-so in my Bible talk doing? How is this family member doing? How is this coworker doing? How can I reach out? How can I give? That's a, a Christ-like mindset. And if we do that, we'll close out with this passage in, uh, in verse 14, the next passage. And this, this gives more context to this. This is one that you, if you're a, a parent, you know this verse well. Philippians 2, 14 through 16. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Parents like that one, right? So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. So the context of this uh, passage, it's not parenting. (laughs) It's not that your kids obey without arguing, right? What is the context? It's each other. Remember at the beginning of Philippians, he says, if you have any comfort uh, from what you've been given in Christ, align yourselves with each other. Have the same heart. Have the same love. Have the same mindset. Let's all have the mindset of Jesus. Here's what Jesus was like. And if you do that, there won't be arguing and grumbling amongst each other. Instead, we will shine like stars. What, what, what causes the church to shine like stars? It's the relationships that we have with each other. John 13, as we talked about last week, the, the, the world will know we're disciples by our love for one another, John 13, 34, and 35. Uh, we're completely unified, so the world will know God's love, John 17, 23. Holding firmly to the word of life, holding out the word of life to others, as this passage says, that's how we will really shine like stars as the South Bay Church. That's how we're going to really make a difference. Even in this crazy world we're in right now, even in uh, an online situation, uh, on YouTube and Facebook and Zoom and social media and all that, we can shine like stars if we align ourselves with the mindset of Christ. And so before we uh, pray for communion, we're going to uh, sing a song that was based on these passages. It's kind of based on a walk through Philippians. It's called Emptied All. And and Emptied All is is that idea of canoe, uh, canoe, uh, emptying yourself. And uh, after we sing this, Jerry will pray for communion. And uh, so uh, please join me in this song, and then we'll pray together for communion. Uh, You can go ahead and get your communion stuff ready as we get into position.
that we've been given Every blessing in Christ we share We should be like-minded We should be one No selfish ambition Putting others above ourselves We'll look to Jesus in our minds Emptied hope Though we was fully divine To the cross He humbled himself that he died So exalted be his name Lifted high He is Lord Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord So easy to argue, so easy to grumble, but if we think like Jesus, we're gonna shine. Like stars in the heavens, holding on to the word of life, though we be poured out in sacrifice. Emptied up, though we was fully divine to the cross, we humbled ourselves so exalted be His name, lifted high. He is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Forget what's behind us. Straining forward to what's ahead We're focused on a heavenward rise Not like those around us Their mindset on earthly things We're waiting for a heavenly king Empty hope Though we were slowly divine To the cross We humbled ourselves better than I So exalted be His name lifted high. He is Lord. Jesus 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 is Lord. Sing that with me, church. Come on. Jesus is Lord. 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 Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Lord. Though we was fully divine to the cross, He humbled Himself there to die. So exalted be His name, lifted high. He is Lord, Jesus is Lord. To the cross, he humbled 
for us <laughs> just a little oh. okay uh, Heavenly Father thank you so much for just such an incredible day God we know that through you we have everything that we need you know life breath and everything else that you give us God we're grateful for just your heart to love us unconditionally without hesitation God that no matter what happens you're always there for us you know you've set such an incredible example for us to follow you know whether you've I mean you've been beaten you've been bruised you've been treated unfairly God and yet you know you still continue to give your heart and love us no matter what and God I just pray that you help us to have the same heart and mindset as we go out into the world God and just remember you know when we feel like we're being treated unfairly or we'll be treated wrongly you know god that just to love people because that's covers over everything god you know covers over a multitude of sins as you say and just knowing that you know with that we can defeat everything that's evil because you know satan is definitely working overtime to try to divide us and try to get us to think you know differently i guess just think other than what's righteous and what's what's godly and god i just thank you so much For all you do, for all you continue to do, you know, just in spite of who we are in our flesh, God, you continue to love and forgive and and allow us, you know, a new day, you know, a new chance every day, God, to to just make things right. So, God, thank you so much for all you do. We love you with all of our hearts, God. Bless this day. Bless this service, God. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.